Kevin, there's just too much content for us to do one Elite Heat. Uh, the episode that came out, I mean, as we're recording it like a few minutes ago, but for you guys a few days ago, yeah. that show was like an hour and 35 minutes. That was like one of our biggest shows. And there's still more to discuss. Uh, we've got Fastlane today. We've got Wrestle Dream. There was an NXT No Mercy show that happened like the day before that. Yeah. Adam Copeland's here, pal. You can't say his name that starts with E and ends in J. You can't say that. It's Adam Copeland. Um, so, Kevin, how you doing, pal? I'm good, pal. Um, I want to say this. This is going to be a two-hour show uh, because we have to break down, one, we have to break down every move, every piece of action from NXT No, no Mercy. Then we have to break down every single move, every piece of action, every entrance, every rest hold from AEW Wrestle Dream. And then we have to break down in great detail for about 45 minutes uh, the mighty Adam Copeland's brand debut in AEW, and so, so much more. It's going to be a loaded Elite Heat. Stay tuned, pal. Kevin, I just, you know, we've got to start off. This was the match, Kevin. Going into WrestleDream, I looked at the card and said, damn, Athena, Billy Starks, Satoshi Kojima, and Keith Lee. The Keith Lee, the one who was going to, you know, the one who faced Randy Orton in his yeah. first pay-per-view within a week of his main roster debut in WWE, the one who nearly eliminated Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, the one who faced Roman Reigns at the end of the Survivor Series match, that Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor promotions. Lee Moriarty, Shane Taylor, Diamante, and Mercedes Martinez in an eight-person mixed tag, five-minute-long pre-show match. Kevin, do you want to start it off there, pal? Well, before people uh, click off this podcast and we lose all our <laughs> listeners, I- I'm going to uh, get this uh, this train on the right track, pal. Yeah. Let's talk about the great Adam Copeland, the rated-R superstar, the mighty, mighty Edge, as he was formerly known as. That was his slave name. Um, he has the shackles off. He could be free now in the wrestling world. Like, that was... I want to say this off top. That was beyond cringe to hear Edge say that he's free now. Like, that was like, are you kidding me, bro? Like, whatever. We can address that later in, in full. But I have to say this, and I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, because I know that the AEW fans are uh, sensitive, if you will. So I'm not trying to be mean. But I have to say this. What, what was going through Edge's mind, right? At that moment, when he's doing his big entrance, he's ramping up the crowd, right? He's looking at one side... He's looking at the full crowd, the full audience there. And then he runs across to the other side where the hard cam is. And he's like, oh, wow, um, the arena's empty on this side. Oh, this is not what I'm used to. Now, what, what was going through Edge's mind? Was he like, hmm, did I make a really big mistake by signing with this company? Like, did, like, like you think Tony Khan was in the, in the meetings, the one-on-one meetings, Adam Copeland, Tony Khan behind closed doors, you know, no cameras, no roads to the top film crew. It's just Tony Khan, Adam Copeland, mano y mano, one on one. You think Tony Khan sell him a bit, of, a bit of goods? Just like, hey man, we sell out arenas across the United States. We even went to England. We sold out at eighty-five thousand people there. You know, no problem. And then Edge sees, oh hey, this arena in Seattle's half empty. Uh oh. I love the way you pose that question. I think it was pretty obvious, well, to me at least, watching Edge's media scrum, he's in AW for two reasons. One, it's to just finish his career alongside Christian, uh, it seems like, and just work with him a bit and do stuff there. Uh, and two is money. I, I don't want to know the amount of money he's being paid because uh, by the sounds of it, he's going to be doing like the full-time, the CM Punk role, where he's going to be there full-time as like the face. 
the promotion, it seems like. Uh, Kevin, you know, I love Edge. So does most people. Edge is awesome. Adam Copeland, he's just a great guy, a period. You see that on his Twitter. Just generally, he's a, he's a cool guy. Um, but the fact of the matter is, AW's solution for a new era is bringing in a 48-year-old ex WWE legend. 49-year-old. 49, sorry. Sorry. WWE's what they're doing, and not, not, not just a direct comparison, but I mean, they've brought in Jade. It's like, this is going to be our big star. This is someone we're going to push. That's She's however old, far younger than Edge. And, you know, is Edge the, the great solution? I mean, he's a Band-Aid temporarily, I guess, right? Like, we discussed a lot of this now last show. I'm not going to recap all the points, but, you know, he'll probably make me and you watch those segments. You might tune into a Dynamite or a Collision more, maybe, just to see how Edge goes. But then... What happens in three weeks? What happens in six weeks? What happens in three months? Maybe Edge is in a great MJF feud that takes over AEW and it's the best thing. Hopefully, that'd be great. But obviously, yeah, there's a sugar hit now. Oh my God, Wrestle Dream. Oh my God, it's Adam Copeland. Yeah, you know, and I, I thought it was cool. Like, it's a, it's a cool moment. It's getting heaps of views. But that's just my question. What does this look like in six, 12, 18 weeks? Is Adam Copeland deep down like, yes, I love this decision I made as he's looking out at the the empty seats, hard cam side. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm pessimistic, but maybe I just have to love this because Adam Copeland's happy doing this. I don't know. I don't know, pal. What were your thoughts? So it was the main event of Russell Dream. Walk us through it. Adam Copeland's music hits. Talk to us about your thoughts. But literally, the only thing that I... I'm not even exaggerating. The only thing that jumped out to me was the fact that Edge realized that the, that the crowd was empty. And that there was that yeah, the arena was half empty. That was literally the only thing I took away from watching this. Like, I, I, I get up for work. It's like, whatever, 5.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning. I check my phone. I see, oh, wow, Adam Copeland in AEW at Dream. So I click on the video, watch it, as most people did. And that's honestly the only take that I had for, like, 20 minutes. I was like, wow, Edge, in real time, Edge realized what he's really in for right now. It's crazy. Like, it was so funny watching him. He's just like, oh, it's empty. And just keeps going, does his entrance. Um, <clears throat> later on, I was thinking about it, and I was like, one question. What does Edge really bring to the table here with AEW? What, what is it that he brings to the table long term? He can't be Edge. So that's kind of like, you know, how do you how do I explain to people that don't know wrestling? I'm like, hey, this is Adam Copeland, bro. He doesn't really resemble the Edge of old, you know, that most people that grew, like my age grew up watching. You know what I mean? So and then on top of that, it's the opponents that he's going to be in the ring with. You know, it's Edge. So he's going to be trying to elevate people. Quite frankly, he's going to be in the ring with people that he that don't deserve to be in the ring with him. Uh, from like a star power level, not necessarily like are they good enough to hang in the ring with him, but from a star power level, we've seen it in WWE. He was trying to make Finn Balor into a star. Like he was like the twenty fifth person that tried to make him a star. Yeah. So right. what is Edge going to do now in AEW? He's going to be wrestling Lee Moriarty, and and Swerve Strickland. Like I, I don't know. Well, well, Pat, he's wrestling Luchasaurus. That has been confirmed. Yes. That's going to happen in about a week. Yeah. I think they said the next yeah, Dynamite, not the one coming, but the next one. Yeah, so they've announced that. So that we know is happening. Uh, in fairness, I'll play devil's advocate here, and this is something that's being said around the community. How Edge was being booked in his last like year in WWE. Obviously, he created Judgment Day, and that was he was like the leader. And then there was the Fergal thing for like nine months. And 
I thought that was disgraceful. I mean, I've bashed Fogel enough. You've made that Fogel comment. Finn Balor in 2023, is, is that the best you've got for Edge? I mean, he might as well go to AEW and do stuff with Christian, few with MJF, wrestle a couple of these younger guys. You might as well, considering. I mean, what in WWE did he have left to do is what I'll propose. Like, was there something else he could have done? I don't know. Could Edge have wrestled Logan Paul, pal? Edge versus Bron Breaker? Maybe, you know, that probably would have been pretty good. But I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, Edge is now here. I'm going to watch it. I'll, I'll keep, I'll, I'll watch the clips. I'll see where it goes. Happy for Adam Copeland, pal. Uh, but yeah, as you say, is he going to be the rated R superstar, the, the real, the 2006 Edge, making out with Lita, live sex scenes, <laughs> the heel you hate? Is he going to be the, the 2021 Edge, facing off against Roman Reigns, getting stacked, pinned alongside Daniel Bryan? And Kevin, one more thing i got to say. 2021. Okay, WrestleMania 37 main event. Daniel Bryan, Edge, Roman Reigns. 2021, Daniel Bryan, jump ship to AEW. 2023, Adam Copeland, jump ship to AEW. 2025, Roman Reigns, jumping ship to AEW, question mark, question mark. Oh, my God. I, I'll just, I'm not even going to entertain that. Uh, I, I will say this. This is the other question I had after I really got to thinking about Adam Copeland's debut I was like, okay, am I gonna watch Dynamite now? That that was the question. I'm like, do I watch Dynamite live on Wednesday well, night you? at eight p.m.? Are you? Probably not. I, I'll be honest. I mean, they already told us what he's gonna be doing. He's gonna address the crowd and set up his match for Lucis, uh, with Luchasaurus. So why do I need to see it if I already know? Thanks to the Tony Khan and the the media scrum. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like. I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch it, but then I heard Tony Khan give it all away in the scrum, so I was like, yeah, okay, I, I don't need to see it. I'll catch the clip. Um, you know, I mean, some of the stuff with Christian would be funny. I'm sure Christian is going to have a line like, oh, your mother's dead, Edge. I'm sure we'll see that. Um, you know, we'll get Edge and Christian in the Hardys. Are you interested in seeing that? Uh, I saw some people saying that the Dudley boys should also come to AEW since they recently <laughs> reunited. You want to see Edge, Christian... The Dudleys, the Hardys, run it back, TLC two, TLC three, I should say. This is this is just TNA, like, but that's what I'm hearing. I'm, this sounds like TNA Impact in like 2013, 2014. Which which wrestlers Dixie Carter gonna sign? Right, it's like you know, cool. But is this an alternative? Is this a true different product that captivates? Is it? I don't know. Once again, good for Adam Copeland, but yeah, I don't even know how. You know who said it best in regards to, like, older wrestlers continuing to be in the spotlight in in main event matches? Um, Shane Douglas, I think, said it best. He was like, hey, Terry Bradshaw, great quarterback for the Steelers. Do I want to see Terry Bradshaw be the quarterback of the Steelers when he's 45? No, not really. At at some point, they got to build this new crop of wrestlers. Like, by the time, realistically, Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, some of the other guys that AEW is building around... By the time those guys become main eventers, they're going to be like 40 at this rate. Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara have been with the company since day one, and neither one of them are really sustainable main event programs and are viewed as main event superstars. Everybody gets pushed to the back of the rung when another main eventer, former WWE guy, first battle hall of fame, whatever Tony Khan builds them up as, walks through the door. It's not just Adam Copeland, it's Christian, it's Big Show... Uh, you know, guys like Cesaro, Samoa Joe, all these guys go right to the front every time. 
And how do you think that makes those full-time guys who've been there since day dot or been there since the start, who work for AW full-time, they're 28, 31, they're trying to make it, and then it's just every other week or every month, ex-WWE legend, here you go. And then when they think they're going to get a push, no, forget about that. And they're off TV for three months and they barely get a spot. Like, like how do you reckon Malachi Black feels? Like, oh, okay, there's a new action figure here. I guess forget about me then. Okay. Yeah. Andrade Alidolo. Like, like even Claudio, who was like the big one a year ago, and now he's just on the, the pre-show. And he's, 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 getting, he's falling down the queue of Tony Khan's favorite action figures in real time. So... I don't know. It, it's it, AW is a fascinating case study. It's like watching in real time just a rich kid with too much money playing with action figures. It's really interesting. Um, as long as the wrestlers are happy, I guess you know that's the main thing. Um, yeah. and, and it's yeah, not just the. Okay, sorry. Go, go ahead. I, was gonna, I guess yeah, Adam Copeland w- would be happy considering he's making the CM Punk money, presumably, which is however many million dollars. Gets to work with Christian. Why wouldn't Adam Copeland be happy? That's great for him. But it's just it's the wrestlers who are going to be there. Day dot every week in three, five, ten years. What what's it what's it for them? I don't know. Yeah, and it's not just the wrestlers that are there full time. It's the average the average everyday viewer of pro wrestling. You know, like I, I can strike up a conversation with somebody at a bar about pro wrestling, and I can tell them about AEW, and they might be hooked, or they might want to see it. You know, then I show them a clip, and then they're like, "Wait, is that Christian?" Christian, this actually happened. That's how, that's how I know this. Uh, Christian, what is he doing? Like, why is he wrestling right now? You know, like he's like fifty. Like, this is what the everyday fan looks at. Like, an everyday fan is gonna look at Edge and Christian and the Hardys feuding, uh, like in a commercial for Dynamite that's being promoted through uh, NBA on TNT. And they're gonna be like, what? What is this? Like, what is this knockoff WWE? Why are all these old guys here? It, it doesn't do anything for the brand when you don't trust the young stars. Now, Kevin, on that, let's let's just have a quick few minutes just on Russell Dream itself yeah. because I mean that's the Adam Copeland thing. Firstly, MJF. Now, this is the star they've made in five years. This is the guy by far. He's the star. Talk to us about his position. So he's in the opening match. I'm gonna make sure that I, I don't butcher the names of the gentlemen he wrestled <laughs> against. Um, so it was MJF versus the Righteous, Dutch and Vincent. In a uh, two-on-one handicap match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. So there's a lot of things going on here. First thing that pops out to my brain is this is the AEW champion. This is the face of the company. And and I and remind you this too. I don't know if you I don't know if you're aware of this, but did you see how bad Christian Cage buried the AEW World Championship in the All Out? I think it was All Out media scrum last month. He, he literally he literally said this, like, almost verbatim. He was like, I have the most prestigious title. I'm going to main event a pay-per-view in a couple weeks. What is the AEW World Champion doing? I'm the face of TNT. Like, I'm the face of the network. I'm the biggest star in the company. This title is more prestigious than the AEW World Championship. This title is more prestigious than any championship in wrestling. Now, he didn't even say wrestling. He almost said in wrestling. He said in the company. He, didn't even, he, couldn't, he couldn't even bring himself to say this is the most prestigious title in wrestling. But he literally goes on the media scrub, standing next to Tony Khan, buries MJF and the championship. And then you got MJF, who's a champion, having a two-on-one handicap match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. 
I get it. Tony Khan spent like forty million of his father's money on Ring of Honor. You know, Tony Khan paid like even with inflation and with modern prices. I think he paid like three, four times more for Ring of Honor than what Vince McMahon paid for WCW. So we'll let that sit in. Um, yeah, MJF here. He's opening the show, which is it's like I don't even know what what a good equate. For WWE would be for this, it would be like, like a tw- I don't even know who the NXT Tag Team Champions are, so I can't even make the the comparison. But it'd be like Roman Reigns opening up like a B level or C level pay per view. Like oh, Roman Reigns opens up Fastlane. There you go. He opens up Fastlane, and he's defending the NXT Tag Team Championships. Him and Jey Uso are the Tag Team Champions. Jey is hurt. It's just Roman, and he's defending the the Tag Team Titles against two guys from NXT that are like good wrestlers, but not a lot of people know. Like, that's, that's the equivalent here of what we're looking at. It's really weird. And, yeah, I get it. Yeah, Cole had his, you know, they did the, the segment. He was, like, emotional, and he can't wrestle, and he can't be there to support MJF. I get they did that. And then MJF, I guess they're going to do MJF and Jay White, I think. I think that's where yeah, they're going. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Cool. I mean, that would be a good match. You know, MJF will win. Amazing. But yeah, like it, it's a weird position, eh? And you know, when it comes to AEW's creative, this is their world champion. I remember when Double Bury opened. Oh, it was one of the SmackDown 2016 shows in I think September or October. It was Styles, Ambrose, and Cena opened the show in the Triple Threat Double Bury title match. Everyone was like, "WTF? Why? Why is it opening?" I think that was because there was something on, like some real life thing happening around like 10 p.m. So they were like, "Okay, we'll get all our eyeballs on at 8 p.m." And everyone was like, why is this happening then? That was the title match, a big triple threat match involving one of the greatest ever, Styles and Moxley, Ambrose. This is MJF against, uh, who were these guys again? Dutch and Vincent, the, the Righteous. Okay, sure. And I get it. Oh, it's just it's just a filler show. It's, it's only Russell Dream. It's not like all out. That You're missing the point entirely. This is the world friggin' champion. This is MJF. This is the guy who's going to make a ridiculous amount of millions of dollars when his contract's up and when Nick Khan sits him down and goes, you're going to main event three of the next four WrestleManias against Cody, against Roman, against Randy Orton, these big stars. How many do you want? Blank check, here you go, Max. And this is what he's doing versus the righteous. Okay, sure. I don't know. Anything else, Kevin, on that? Or do you want to move on to another match? No. um, Yeah, let's move on. Good. Kevin, I mean, up and down this card, I mean, for one, there's 14 matches, which I want to say as well is just way too much. Now, Triple H and WWE has brought in the NXT TakeOver model where it's like six or seven matches, as we'll get to with Fastlane in a few minutes. But Russell Dreams, 14 matches. You know, how many of these matches need to be there? Does the Don Callis family against Jericho and the Golden Elite need 23 minutes in the middle of the show? Does that need to happen? Does the kickoff need to be four matches? Right? Like, if you're going to have Keith Lee's position be that ridiculous thrown-together lottery of wrestlers where Tony Khan literally gets his hands to his action figure collection, grabs eight, and just throws them on the ground, that's what that match is. I mean, fair enough, but does that need to happen? Really? You know, just just don't have Keith Lee on. Just have him main event a rampage or something and build up a match around that. I don't know. Claudio Castagnoli with John Moxley is facing Josh Barnett on the kickoff show. I guess. That's Cesaro and Dean Ambrose, two WWE stalwarts of the 2010s, and now that's their position. You know, Luchasaurus is going to be facing 
Edge, sorry, Adam Copeland in a week on a big match. He was on the kickoff as well, or the pre-show, the buy-in, whatever they call it. And, like, I'm just I'm looking up and down this card, and, like, it's just sort of all over the place. I get it was a tribute show. It's a thing for, you know, Wrestle Dream, I understand. It's not, like, it's not their WrestleMania. It's not their double or nothing. It's not all out. But, like, Kevin, you look at this card. Like, is what I'm saying fair? Is it a bit like WTF in some places, 14 matches? Like, Yeah, it's a lot. It's all over the place. Claudio, the number 13 wrestler in the world, I believe, according to the PWI, uh, he's on the pre-show. Interesting. I guess he's a he had a better 2022 slash 2023 than Sami Zayn. So I'll leave that. I'll digress there. Um, yeah, I do want to hit on a positive note. I want to say this: Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Page. That was a hell of a match. Swerve is set for a big push after beating Hangman clean. Love to see it. I think it was clean, if I remember correctly. Um, you love to see that. That's always great. Um, Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. Hell of a technical wrestling match. That's like the modern day version of like Kurt Angle and Bret Hart, which we never got to see. So that's cool. Um, it's awesome. Brian Danielson's on like his Kobe Bryant run, his fail, his uh, farewell tour. Love to see it. I want to talk about the main event though. Christian Cage versus Darby Allen, two out of three falls match for the AEW TNT Championship. So I mentioned earlier how Christian was burying the AEW Championship, right? And uh, he's. Ends up, like, I guess proving himself right, even though he's, like, in character, in kayfabe, as, as the other uh, insiders would say. He ends up proving that to be right. He ends up being, like, the face of AEW, main eventing a pay-per-view, having a big match with Darby Allin. Edge comes back. You know, Edge comes back after the match. And I want to say this, too, about Edge's return, like, just the actually what happened. So... You know, it, it all breaks down. Darby Allen's in there, Sting's in there. Christian's about to hit Sting with a concerto. Edge comes out. And Edge, like, gets in Christian's face. And I'm watching this, like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. And one question I had there, I was like, hmm, would I be more interested in this if it happened in WWE? What do you think about that? Like, if you saw Edge and Christian face off in a WWE ring in 2023... On like the road to WrestleMania or the road to SummerSlam, would you be more intrigued in it if it happened in WWE ring? Well, I remember they did their little face-off thing at the 2021 Royal Rumble before Christian left, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool," you know, and that happened. I, I, it's hard one to answer. I mean, maybe, perhaps. I, I just think it's Kevin. My perspective on it is you got AW as we sort of discussed. I'm not going to rehash every point here, but. You need you know, you either want young stars, new stars, and the closing angle to a pay-per-view is 49-year-old Christian trying to do a concerto to 64-year-old Steve Borden, Sting, and then 49-year-old Adam Copeland runs out and stops him and confronts him. I don't know how sustainable that is for a company long-term. I get Darby Allen was in the match, and it was a that was the main event match. I get it. But the ending angle... None of these wrestlers will be able to physically wrestle in like three to four years, so I don't know. I don't know. Like, am I? Is that fair? But no, that's the initial question. Yeah, if having double viewing, maybe I'd be tiny bit more interested. I don't know. It's hard on to answer. I honestly don't think I'd be doing backflips to see Christian versus Edge um. for like like on a three pay per view run in WWE, like WrestleMania, then Backlash, and then SummerSlam. 
like Cody Brock style. I don't think I'd be doing backflips, taking that to the bank. Like, oh my god, I can't wait to watch Edge and Christian. I would probably look at it like, eh, okay, yeah. I, I hope none of them, neither one of them, gets injured. I hope it's a good match. But I wouldn't be like, yeah, going crazy, setting the world on fire. Let, let's talk about Christian's post-match media scrum, though. This okay. was epic. Did you see this? Kevin, enlighten, well, I mean, I've watched a bit of it, but just, just enlighten the listeners, what happened, pal? What, what, what happened? He's doing the best work of his career, in my opinion, from a character standpoint. This dude figured it out. He buried Brian Alvarez. When Brian Alvarez got up to ask him a question at the media scrum, you know, Brian Alvarez like, so, uh, Christian... And, and uh, Christian goes, oh, God, I love talking to Marks. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, he's, Christian's like, are you a wrestler, Brian? And Brian's like, yeah, I used to wrestle back in the day. And he's like, well, you probably sucked. That's why you're here asking me questions, and I'm the big star. And then he's like, you going to give me ratings? Did you give me a, a cute five-star rating, Brian? Unbelievable! It was great. It, it was great. I, I hope that was a shoot. I hope I hope that was Jay Riso talking to Brian Alvarez in in real life. <laughs> that's brilliant. No, yeah, that, what that's, a freaking legend, pal. Good. That's great. But no, I will say just to make yeah, I'll be a bit positive on that. I think just to re- rehash what you said, the main event match itself. I mean, it went twenty five minutes. I thought it was good. The the Brian stuff. Need I say more? I mean, I was that was just it was it was good. Not my style per se, that sort of wrestling, but needless to say, it was good. And yeah, I saw a bit of the Hangman thing, solid as well. But just my overall thoughts, obviously the big ending everyone's talking about, interesting to see where that goes with Adam, you can't say Edge Copeland, pal. And then there you have it. Uh, Kevin, any other closing thoughts on Wrestle Dream? What do you want to move on? Uh, I think we're ready to talk about Fastlane, pal. Fastlane 2023. You want to touch on NXT No Mercy? Just to like a quick roundup on what happened. Uh, do you? I mean, what, what would be the main thing you want to address on No Mercy, Power? What would be your main takeaway? Oh, I, I think it's, uh, it's a new era for NXT. I, I think we're going to see Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker come up pretty soon. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking here. Maybe not Braun Breaker because he lost to Baron Corbin. So maybe he's in the doghouse now. No pun intended, but I think Carmelo Hayes, I think his time is, is up in NXT. I, yeah. I think he would look great alongside the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, whatever faction they got going on. Put Carmelo Hayes in there, give him the yeah. U.S. title, have him shoot, injure Rey Mysterio, and, and take the U.S. title from his cold, dead hands. Like, why not, you know? Carmelo Hayes is uh, he's a star. He's too big for NXT. That's what yeah. I, that was my number one takeaway. Um, secondly... Becky Lynch, like, her return run to NXT kind of is the problem with NXT now. Not not the problem, but it's just NXT is, they're so down bad, they got Becky Lynch over there, main eventing shows to try to get intrigue. I don't mind Becky in NXT, personally. I, I think it's actually, I think it's a decent move to, one, I mean, reinvigorate her a little bit, give her something different. And I like the, the stuff is Strat and I like the whole thing of, well, I've done everything. You know, who are you? Prove yourself. I do like that in a sense. If every match on the show is like that, then no. But, you know, just as a one-off sort of thing for a little program, I like it. Um, <clears throat> one thing I will say, yeah, Mellow Hayes is clearly the star. Uh, Dragunov, I'm not a, I mean, he's a good matches guy. I don't know. It, to me, he hasn't proved himself anything but that. 
you know, if, if, Kevin, if you get asked by one of your friends at work or someone like, who, who's this dragon off guy? Like, what do you say? He's just, he's a guy who wrestles, you know, like, yeah. Mello Hayes has the, he's, has the machismo, the personality. He'll be a star in WWE. He'll be a perennial guy. You'll see on SmackDown on raw when they do the brand shifts and whatever the trades and the drafts, but dragging off I me mean, sure they'll have good matches you know i don't think he, he's only like I, I viewed gunther in that light like volta like years ago a few like two years ago but walter's proven himself gunther's proven himself to be i guess a bit better i have a bit more of a, a presence in WWE when he comes out i'm not there on dragon off i don't know what he can do but to me he's just a guy who has good matches so will he be able to get out of that bubble that mold hopefully he does because otherwise yeah don't see him having much of a future in WWE. Um, but nonetheless, Kevin, I want to move on the fast lane. Okay? Let's do it. Yeah. Pal, this show, it depends how you look at it. Some look at this as just a filler show to get through to Survivor Series. Others yep. look at it as, oh my God, fast lane's coming up. I'm, I'm sort of like, cool, it's happening, right? Like, there's a few rematches of things we've seen. There's a couple of matches which are basically SmackDown or Raw matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the main match that they're doing, the, the big selling point match to watch this show from the Raw and SmackDown build is John Cena and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Sokoa. That's the iteration of the bloodline right now. Um, I thought what they did on SmackDown, we'll, can we start on that? I'll take it. We'll just begin there, the main event. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Go ahead, pal. Go for it. Um, now this, what they're doing on SmackDown, I mean, Cena's back, which yeah. I want to just shout out. I mean, this is John Cena. So any criticisms, I mean, it's not really on Cena. I mean, having Cena back is just cool. You know, I'm watching Cena come out, confront Jimmy Uso, confront Sokoa, punching them. It's just cool stuff. Cena rushing. Styles has been carted out in the ambulance. Cena's there crying. There's going to be flashbacks to like, Zach Hoffman. He's been there crying. Eve Torres is crying. Kane's off laughing sadistically. Cena's looking in the ambulance like he's, he's crying. Wow. Zach Ryder gets rushed out, you know. And you know, Carl Anderson being like, damn the bloodline. And then he just like gets in the the, the ambulance, like great stuff. Um, oh, I thought they were going to do I, tease AJ Styles as Roman Reigns. I, it seems like they're going to do LA Knight versus Roman Reigns in the coming months. It seems like. So that way to be seen. I guess that'll be LA Knight's big opportunity. The reactions he gets really good. His theme music works for a make the save sort of wrestler. You know, when Cena's getting beaten up, for 15 minutes and the last two SmackDowns, which can I just say, it was cool when Knight came out this week, the SmackDown before, when it was literally a 10-minute beatdown of Cena, where Jimmy Uso just kept hitting frog splashes over and over, and SmackDown just ended. I was like, well, that was crap. Interesting. You know, like, we've, we're three years in the Bloodline storyline. Roman Reigns is too lazy to show up, sitting on his couch for two straight months. Yeah, and all we've got oh, is Jimmy Uso, a guy who can't be relied on to main event the oh, show. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, uh, a guy who isn't proven yet. Oh, and then Heyman's there. And we have to praise it because it's cinema, I guess. I don't know. But needless to say, when LA Knight came oh. out, I was like, okay, there we go. There we go. That's the bit of progression. Here he is. The storyline's going to roll into fast lane. My prediction, LA Knight gets the win. He pins Jimmy Uso. Sokoa's going to be protected. Cena will get a hot tag and hit his, you know, five moves of doom. He'll do his, you know, five knuckle shuffle. We'll see the bald spot, pal. He'll do all his stuff. The crowd will go off. The show's going to end at this main event. It really should because Cena's involved. He's the biggest star. There you go. 
the show ends. You'll never catch me in the next man's sweater, pal. LA Knight, hate, let him hate. I'll drop your whole plan. LA Knight, yeah, for the three-second tan, pal. There you go. Uh, so you don't think we'll see a bit of friendly competition here between, like, Cena and LA Knight and a teasing towards a match between the two, maybe for a Survivor Series? You don't, you don't think there's a possibility for that? You know, you think we'll see LA Knight like, hey, bro, I can one-up you. I'm younger, I'm better than you, pal. You know, you don't think we'll see Kevin, anything like that? You, you should have seen Cena's acting when LA Knight signed the contract. Like, Cena, this was peak, like, corny Cena, where he's, like, jumping around like he's, like, an eight-year-old on Christmas morning with, like, a heap of big presents. He's like, oh, oh my God. You know, right. I'm like, this guy's a 15-time or 16-time WWE champion. He's been with so many hookers. Oh He's been the God. champion. He's made it in WrestleMania against The Rock twice, one of which Sam Punk should have been involved in. He's beaten Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania and derailed his momentum. He's wow. done all these things. Wow. And this is John Cena on the greatest of all time. Wow. And he's having, a, like, a, he's giddy. He's, he's jumping up and down. Yay! LA nice! I just found that his acting was hilarious. Like, Cena's acting, I don't know. It's, it's Some of it's so corny, it's just funny and entertaining. Um, but that being said, Kevin, the match should be fun. It should be interesting. It should be an event. Cena's involved. You shouldn't be main eventing with anything above Cena. So. How about that big pop, pal, when LA Knight came to, to aid John Cena? That, that pop was crazy, huh? It was a, an Austin-like yeah. pop. There you go, pal. That's LA Knight, yeah! LA Knight's big star. This is a big for LA Knight. Um, we'll see what happens here. I assume Cena and LA Knight will get the win. Will that be by hook or crook? Who knows? Will it end in a disqualification? Will we have another cousin of no, the Usos, the Solid Sokoa, show up? Who knows? Will Jey Uso be involved in this? We don't know. Will Roman Reigns come back? I don't know. But I want to ask you this, pal. Why would Roman Reigns be involved? He only holds th like three world championship belts and been the champion for three and a bit years. Why would he be involved? I know. I, I, thought, I thought, you know, Kevin, and we could hike and hop on this right, is I have been proven so right that Roman Reigns winning a WrestleMania this year was a bad decision. He, he hasn't showed up for about four months. Of Stop, it. Stop it, pal. Just show up once. It, it's two months. SmackDown is watchable without him. It's not like the worst show, but it needs Roman Reigns. No, it doesn't. Like, I'm watching this show, like, Roman Reigns is the heartbeat of this company. He holds the championships, and he's just... And our bloodline content, our storyline is, yeah, Heyman's on the phone, pal. Roman might be on the phone on Skype, pal. Oh, there's Jimmy Uso. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, serious question for you, pal. Let's do, like, a bit of a hypothetical here just for a moment. Let's say yeah. Nick Khan takes a page out of the Tony Khan philosophy of booking, right? Mm -hmm. And Nick Khan presented to us in the opening match of Fastlane 2023, right? Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns in a handicap match versus Los Lotharios. Right? Would, would, would you be enticed to upgrade to Peacock Premium? Or get it on Binge? Or buy the show on Fight Network. Los Lotharios. Yes, Los Lotharios. That is the tag team of Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Imagine that, right? Nick Khan, again, borrowing from the Tony Khan philosophy of booking. You know, Nick Khan yep. calls Triple H in, in a room. It's just Nick Khan and Triple H one-on-one. -on -one. No, no roads-to-the-top cameras. And no mm -hmm. WWE Network crews. Just Triple H, Nick Khan, one-on-one. -on -one. Nick Khan is like, Paul... This is our match here. 
big money match. AEW did it at Wrestle Dream last week. They had their champion involved in a in an opening match with two nobodies from Ring of Honor. We gotta do the same thing. We gotta get Roman Reigns back. We gotta give him ten million dollars to show up at Fastlane, and he's gotta face Los Lotharios in a two on one handicap match. I mean, what could go wrong, right? How would you feel about that if Roman showed up for that? How, 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 just in general, how would that make you feel? That would be disgusting. That would be as bad as if 2014 Brock Lesnar, who had just broken the streak and murdered Cena at SummerSlam, his Survivor Series position was facing Slater Gator in a one-on-two handicap to open the show. Right. And he's out there suplexing Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil, and we got Brock Lesnar shouting, Suplex City, bitch, throwing Heath Slater. It's like, that'd be crap, but... No, I'm, I'm happy WWE, like, I, I mean, obviously I say, we want Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns is going to be doing what MJF's doing with this sort of stuff, where it's just like a one-on-two handicap against literal nobodies to open pay-per-views, then just, I mean, don't do that. That's garbage. Uh, Kevin, what's your prediction for the match, pal? LA Knight, yeah, gets the win? Yeah, yeah, LA Knight gets the, the dub. He has the people's elbow, his variation of it. The crowd goes home happy. Seeing LA Knight get their hands held high, pal. And now on to the next match. Yes. Io Sky yeah. versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair. Triple threat match for the WWE Women's Champion. Um, the, the narrative is really coming around on, on X, on Wrestling X nowadays. That Charlotte Flair, I guess people are just now catching on to this. That Charlotte Flair is like the most forced superstar and most forced legend into a GOAT debate with her bloated yeah. resume. I guess people are just catching on to this. I don't know. Yeah. And she's here again in another triple threat match. Um, I don't care. I don't care for another women's triple threat match. I have no interest in watching this. Um, I, I, I hate to be blunt and harsh, but I just don't care. I'm not going to watch I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. There's like, and then I'm going to listen to podcasts and reviews, and people are going to be like, oh, this match is seven stars, best women's match in the last ten years. I just don't I, – I guess I'll be watching a different show than everyone else. I'll just say that right now. Yeah. Well, Kevin <laughs> – I'm going to be objectively fair. Obviously, there's the Charlotte thing, which when we've touched on at length, like, I, I can't even consider her top 50 because when she went away for seven months in, what, 2020, 2021, she came back. I wasn't like, oh, my God, we need Charlotte back. I didn't miss her at all. And she came back. I'm like, oh, she's back. Great. Because, you know, who cares? It, you know what Charlotte is. She comes out. I'm the queen. I'm going to be in the, the women's title match. Who cares? EO Sky, you know, Cool, she's the champion. Yeah, the matches can be good. Is there something else? Right? I don't know. Like I watched SmackDown. You know, the, the whole thing was literally Charlotte came out and was like, Bailey, you're 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 a rung down on the ladder from EO Sky. You're 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 EO Sky, you're, you're second to her. Ha ha ha, you're washed, Bailey. And then they had a match. So that's the build. EO Sky didn't say anything or really do anything. She just stood there with the title and she's going to have a good match at the pay-per-view, I guess. That's all you need to do nowadays. But, you know, the story the story of this literally, I guess, they're trying to turn Bailey on EO Sky, maybe. And I get that. They might try and turn damage control. I don't know. That's why I go out watching SmackDown. Um, but, yeah, Kevin, I'm saying I don't really care about this. It's just, a, it's just a women's triple threat. I feel like they always do a women's triple threat match in some way, shape, or form with one of the titles. Usually this one is not the Rhea Ripley title. It's the other one. It'll be some sort of triple threat. Charlotte will probably be involved because when's she not? Ask will probably be somewhere around the mix. It was Bel Air. Now it's EO Sky. Cool. But uh, my, my question for you is this, right? 
with Seth Rollins and Nakamura, we've gotten this what eight week long now, uh, eight week long storyline now, six weeks, however long it's been, of Nakamura being obsessed with Seth Rollins back and putting him in a wheelchair, and you know he doesn't yeah. want to see him play with his kids and all that, so on and so forth. Yeah. Why can't we get that same storytelling with the women? Why Why can't Io Sky and Asuka have a one on one story? Like they could get, I don't know how raunchy they could get, but they could make up something like, oh, back in Japan, Asuka slept with Io Sky's husband or something like. Can we get anything? Any kind of storyline? Like, they can fight over the paint that Asuka wears? Anything. Does any kind of storyline, is that possible for the women? Or is it only the men that, that the writers can think of storylines for? I, I don't understand. Yeah, this is the reality of our pal. Yeah, do something, you know. They're, they're wrestling in style and they're wrestling in some promotion. And this is maybe was 10 years ago, but AO Sky was just blatantly disrespectful as a, a young wrestler. Or Asuka, you know, she's great, but at the time she's going through something in her life and she slapped AO backstage once, and that stayed with AO for 10 years. And now that she's the champion, she wants to get revenge on that. Something, I don't know. Give, give me something I can explain in our podcast. Because all we've got is Charlotte saying, oh, Bailey, uh, you're washed. You're not as good as you were. We're the four horsewomen. And you're now just taking a backseat to AO. And AO is just there with the title. And then Dakota Kai is there with a knee brace. And that's the storyline. Okay, and Asuka runs out smiling i don't know kevin do you want to move on yeah uh, eos guy is gonna win keeper championship that's my prediction i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if charlotte flair got a 15th title win i'll say that um yeah so now we got the lwo the latino world order Rey mysterio santos escobar and whoever they want to wrestle cruz del toro or joaquin wild versus yeah. bobby lashley the street profits um this match is in intriguing for one reason for me it's really like the first time we get to see this bobby lashley and street profits tandem in action in a real in a real way on a pay-per-view they had teased this for a while i don't quite get it are they heels i guess they are because they're in suits and they act like they're better than everyone so i guess they're heels um from a storyline perspective is the storyline blowing anyone away probably not uh, the match will be good you got you know montez ford and Rey mysterio in there and santos escobar some extremely athletic dudes then you got the muscle of like bobby lashley so it, it should be a good match um, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not really sure going into it. What, what do you think about this? Well, I think the storyline is good. Like the, the, the stuff they did with this on SmackDown was actually quite entertaining. They're doing the Grayson Waller effect with Lashley, which was a hilarious, entertaining yeah, segment. That was fun. Lashley's like, they didn't prove themselves. The Straight Profits, they failed me. They, 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 they were pathetic. And then the storyline becomes the Straight Profits need to prove themselves. And they, they beat up um, you know, the wrestlers later on. And I get, I thought it was quite good. Like this, this is well built on SmackDown. What they're doing for this is good, and Lashley in this role works. It just does. Um, so I look forward to it. I think it's a great position for everyone involved on the show. It's something meaningful for them to do. Uh, where they go with this, I'd assume Lashley's group would win. I mean, they're they're the the new faction you're trying to establish. Having them lose would be a bit weird. I think, but I agree. Yeah. There you have it, pal. Now, I think we can move on to another match now. Rollins and Nakamura, you touched on it a moment ago. This storyline's been going on for a while now, which was good. But when we did the, the preview for Payback, they've been feuding for like three weeks. And all we'd seen was Nakamura kick Rollins. Rollins be like, you kicked me, let's have a match. And then Nakamura mentioned Rollins is back in like one promo segment. So that's what we got then. But now it's been fleshed out more. Now there's more meat on the bone. It's been the best work each guy has done in a while. I agree. Nakamura especially. Like, it's been the best thing he's done in maybe his entire main roster run, the WWE, really. 
Um, for Rollins, it's been the best thing he's been involved in since the Edge feud. So, no, Ken, what do you, what do you expect from this match? What do you want to see, Bill? I want to see them go all out. They didn't really do that in their last match at Payback. It was just like, you know, they toned it down a little bit. They were doing more storytelling and that classic, like, southern wrestling style that really isn't all that intriguing anymore in 2023. I want to see them go all out. I want to see, like, a Sami Zayn versus Nakamura NXT TakeOver Dallas style match. Now, is this a grand enough stage for that? Maybe not, but when when are these guys going to wrestle again for the World Heavyweight Championship? I hope not too many more matches after this. I kind of want to see this be the end of the feud. I want to see a good 20, maybe 20 minute match, 18 minute match, back and forth, crowd investment. Uh, I want to see Rollins win, the two guys shake hands, hug, whatever, and be done with it. And uh, on to the next thing for Rollins. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much the same. There was one more thing on Fastlane. I mean, those are like the matches they've got announced. And in my honest opinion, they haven't announced a match like three or four days before the show, as is the case now. It's not really that much of an important priority. Um, some other matches, I mean, they probably they might do a, a Gunther match. Probably it would be against like Champer or something. I mean, Gunther would obviously retain. He's not going to lose, but it'd just be a fill us on mid-card match you'd think something like that kevin yeah i mean it's similar to when he wrestled that cokehead at matt riddle it's, it's pretty similar to that one yeah um, except this one isn't as bad since it's not riddle uh, yep. champa gets that award just not being riddle he gets that so that's great um thinking riddle um do you think do you see randy orton at this show mm, i don't think so no i think i think they were if they're gonna bring randy orton back they're gonna do it in a in a grander stage i think he's just doing the performance center to kind of tune up and get ready take some bumps you know shake the ring rust off i i would hope like survivor series or hold him off to the royal rumble if he can yeah I, I think that would make the most sense we don't really need to see randy Orton. what is he gonna do right randy Orton comes out he confronts gunther and gunther's like oh i'm better than you pal yeah well, because yeah. on Raw, the main story, or one of them, is they're going to do a Cody and McIntyre feud, which should be quite good. I, I think, think that's so. gonna, that's where they're going at the moment, the direction. So I think what they're going to do, based on what I've been watching on Raw, they'll do Judgment Day, so Balor and Priest defend the tag titles against Jey Uso and Cody, probably at this show. Mm-hmm. And then I'd assume Drew McIntyre costs Cody, and then, you know, Judgment Day retain, I guess, because I think that's what it seems like they'll do. Any thoughts on that, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's intriguing enough. You know, whatever, that'd be Fergie and, and Priest yeah. versus Cody and Jay. I'd like to see it. I, I just, I can't with Fergal anymore, man. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, I really, I really can't. I, I can't stand watching this guy be the focal point of Raw. Him being the focal point of Raw does nothing for anyone. Does nothing uh, for the Judgment Day. You've got Dominic, Rhea Ripley, and Priest who are all ten times better than him. At, at the least, ten times yeah. better than him. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't want to see any more of this guy. I want to see Damian Priest start taking the spotlight and actually being Mr. Money in the Bank. I get it. They're waiting for Bad Bunny. I understand all that. But mm. and you got to build the guy up so he's ready for Bad Bunny, you know? Couldn't agree more. No, and that's really fast lane. I mean, the event will probably be similar sort of to Payback. Like, yeah, shows that are like this where they're not underwhelming going in, but not shows you go in thinking, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. Usually they end up being the really good ones. Uh, so ways to be seen. I think match of the night will be Rollins and Nakamura. They'll probably get the highest star rating. Uh, but probably match all the most fun watching. Probably the Lashley, uh, Straight Puppets, LWO thing. Or maybe Cena and Knight. That'll probably be the most fun, I assume. Cena and LA uh, Knight will definitely be the most fun. The crowd will be the, the hottest for that, I, I think. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I, I think no Roman Reigns, no Randy Orton. Yeah. Hopefully the show ends better than Payback did. Payback was just ended. Rollins just won and just ended. Hopefully there's something at the ending. And WWE didn't do a second straight pay-per-view. It's just a meh ending. Uh, so, Kevin, anything else? Or are we going to wrap I, I up? Mean, let's just, I'll ask you this. Let's do this real quick before we get out of here. Uh, scale the 1 to 10, what do you think this show will be? As in, like, what writing it will get? Yeah, what do you think? Like, like just on paper, looking at the card, yeah. what, what, what are you thinking right now? Like a 6 out of 10 show? About that. I mean, yeah. my investment going in is about a f- 4 or 5. Coming out, the writing will probably be like a 6 to 7. Maybe if, if they really go all out and the wrestlers really kill it, it could be like an 8 out of 10 show. Um, but I don't think with what's on paper, it's going to be a show we look back on in years and damn, that fast lane show. Because th- these sort of events, Backlash was a show like this, a sort of B, C show, but they made it feel like an A show this year. Same Elimination Chamber. Payback and now this one don't have that same feel. They're, they're just what we got a few years ago. So Yeah, I think yeah. it has potential to be like one of, if not like the worst PLE of the year, honestly. Yeah. But yeah. Now that's what there you go. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys on the next one. This has been the only fast lane preview that you need, pal. Peace. Easy boost.